0: Welcome to Hillside Baptist Church Podcast. We are a church that is committed to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is our privilege to open God's word with you. It is our prayer that you receive the message from the man of God with an open heart. That through God's word, you are encouraged and equipped to face life's challenges. But most importantly, it is our prayer that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior If you haven't already. If you'd like to connect with us, you can do so at hillsidebc.com, find us on Facebook, or send us an email at info at hillsidebc.com. We hope that you benefit from today's message, and that you would share it with a friend. But let's now open our hearts and God's Word. Um, So Genesis chapter 32, as you're turning there, uh, this semester, we've been kind of we've been studying uh, less, lessons from the legends of the Bible. Now we don't have time to cover every legend, so we just picked sixteen or thirteen uh, and and went through that those uh, legends. Now this is not to say that these are fables, because these uh, accounts in the Word of God are actual stories of real people who lived. And died and had normal problems just like we do. Uh, they were normal people with normal problems with normal shortcomings, just as we do today. Um, men and women of the Bible uh, really lived and died. So I don't like calling them Bible stories, uh, but accounts of the Word of God, history that we can learn, uh, because they uh, we oftentimes get this idea that these are just stories, but no, these are real events. And uh, as I said, they were, excuse me, um, real people with real problems and shortcomings, just as we have today, but their faith and obedience to God allowed God to use them in a mighty way for their time and their generation, for their people. Um, So faith tonight... It's going to be the idea, the major idea of our, of our message. But I want to look at a man tonight that's not really known for his great faith. He's not even really known for his great obedience. Uh, he was a man that um, God had to teach uh, to trust him. And God had to uh, really lead him by the hand on this idea of trust and obedience. Jacob is that man, and he's not known, uh, known for that type of, type of just blind obedience to, Christ, to God. Uh, he's a man that's known for getting himself into problems. Uh, when we speak of um, Jacob, we often speak of his deception, his lies, his schemes, But tonight I want to paint a little bit different picture of Jacob because in reality, we are not much different than Jacob. Uh, We we have the same type of problems that Jacob had and we create problems for ourselves. Um, Jacob wasn't the type to just simply trust. He had to be uh, taught and learn that trust. So I believe Jacob knew that, God, that, that he could trust God. I believe he heard the accounts of his grandfather who left his homeland and traveled across the desert and, and came to the land of promise and how God provided for him and his family along the way. He heard the account where Abraham uh, completely trusted God to the point that he was ready to sacrifice his son on the altar he heard those things and knew those stories, knew those accounts, and I believe he believed them to be true. But Jacob also knew that he simply had to have faith and obey God at his word. But he had to learn the reality of that. He had to learn the faith in practice, the action of faith. It is one thing to, to think that you can trust God, and it's another to actually act out that faith. A young girl, not accustomed to traveling, was taking a train ride uh, through through her country, and it happened on that day that uh, the train was going to cross uh, uh, two branches of a river and several wide streams. And as she began to travel, she began to see the rivers approaching, and fear and doubt began to... uh, uh, creep into her mind as she noticed that the bridges would appear and then disappear from her sight. And as she drew closer, she sat back in a final sigh of relief and confidence and said to herself, somebody has put a bridge for us in the way. You know, life is, uh, is like that. We, have, uh, we, we fear so many evils, we, uh, so many troubles look dark ahead, difficulties seem to be insurmountable as they loom in, uh, before us, um, but as we advance, we find through them that God has built a bridge for us in the way. Tonight, you may be like Jacob, it may be because of stubbornness and maybe because of fear and maybe because of a lack of faith in action Uh, although like jacob you too may know the stories of how god has provided uh, time and time again for uh, people of old but how god is still providing for us today and we see those things playing out but when we put that faith into action it becomes much harder Maybe tonight, you're like the man who spoke to John Wesley. One day, he was walking with a troubled man who expressed doubt and fear of God's goodness. And he said, I do not know what I shall do with all of this worry and trouble. And at that moment, Wesley had saw a crow sitting on the top of a stone wall. When he said, do you know why that crow is sitting on the wall? The man said, no. And Wesley replied, the crow is looking over the wall because he cannot see through it. That is what you must do with all of your trouble, look over it and avoid it. Faith enables us to look past our circumstances and to focus on Christ. Amen. We may today, tonight read a, a few verses at Genesis chapter 32. And we're going to start in verse 21 and read through verse 30. And it says, and so uh, went the presence before him, and uh, himself lodged that night in the, in the company. And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two uh, women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the ford uh, Jabbok. And he uh, looked at, uh, and he took them and sent them over the brook and sent uh, over that that he had and Jacob was left alone and there wrestled with a man until the break of day and he saw and when he saw that he prevailed not against him he touched him in the hollow of his thigh and a, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as as he wrestled with him and he said let me go for the day breaketh and he said I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he, and he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince thou hast power with God and with men, thou, and thou hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him, Tell me, thy, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore, is it thou that, uh, that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of that place, Penuel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Let's pray. Father, as we get started tonight, help us, Lord, to focus just for a moment on what you have for us tonight. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would help us to uh, not be a man like Jacob who uh, tried through his own devices to make thing, things happen in his life or get through the troubles that he had, but Lord, that we simply trust you. Lord, I know that faith uh, is, is not something that comes easy, but Lord, it's something that we must do. So teach us tonight in these few moments. I ask all these things in your name. Amen. So tonight, I want to point, out, point your attention to the life of Jacob and how God had br- brought him to the point of faith and obedience. But maybe tonight, you, like Jacob, are wrestling with God. And you won't give in. And you're trying to make your own way through life's troubles. Uh, you, um, you're trying to get your own way through the, the, the trials of life. But may I ask you tonight, haven't you had enough? Haven't you had enough of trying to make it your own way? Haven't you had enough of trying to do things in your own power, and your own abilities? Haven't you learned to look over the stone wall? Jacob had to learn the hard way, but he didn't have to, and neither do you. Sometimes in our stubbornness we, we push through a circumstance. We push through a, a troubling time in our life when we could have just given it to God. And we learn the hard way in the end of a circumstance that faith is all we needed to simply trust and then obey God's word. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, uh, but, th- uh, "...but without faith it is impossible to please Him." For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of him that diligently seek him. If you're thinking tonight, well, oh, wait a second, I can't have big faith. I'm just not that kind of person. I'm not the kind of person just to blindly trust like Jacob. Like Jacob, I can't have this grand faith to step out of the boat like Peter. That's just not me. Well, God doesn't ask you to have a big faith. In fact, he tells his disciples in Matthew chapter 17 that even a little faith can move mountains. As we read that verse, it's, and Jesus said unto them, because of, thou, uh, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if, if ye have faith as the grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove, remove hence to yonder place, and it, shall rem, uh, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. So tonight want to take a few moments to look at Jacob and as we learn through, through the difficulties of life, just the small faith, just the size of a grain of a mustard seed can make all the difference. So first, excuse me, I'm, I have kind of a tickle still. Uh, so um, first we see in Jacob's life, he tried uh, obtaining the blessing for himself. Uh, and if you remember the story of Jacob in Genesis chapter 27, and uh, verses 19 and 20, uh, before we get to the text, you remember um, uh, Isaac ter- told Esau that he was, he was going to give him a blessing, and he wanted him to go and uh, get some venison and prepare it for him, and he was going to eat, and he was going to bless, uh, bless Esau. And his, um, Esau's mother... Uh, Rebecca overheard uh, this encounter with Isaac and Esau, and he, and she went to Jacob and said, uh, "This is going to happen." And they they devised a plan to steal the blessing, to to get the blessing for himself. And verse and this is we'll pick up in verse number nineteen. And Jacob said unto his father, uh, "I am Esau, thy firstborn, and I have done according as thou hast bait, that badest me." Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, How, how is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God hath brought it to me. Um, although God had promised to prosper Isaac, or not Isaac, Jacob, excuse me, uh, Jacob decided to make sure that he was going to receive the blessing. Uh, Jacob uh, reasoned that he could receive God's promises and blessing even if he lied. Jacob, uh, so Jacob lied about his identification, uh, his identity and his actions. He even lied about the Lord. He said, the Lord has brought it to me quickly. Jacob is deceiving here, but we have done this many times. No, not, not necessarily lie, although that may be for some of us, but we, knowing that God has promised to provide for us and take care of us, yet we do everything in our power to make sure that he does. For example, maybe like uh, you're like me, I don't like not being in the control of a situation. Uh, I get really anxious, I get nervous. Uh, Not so much in driving, although there's a little bit of that. Uh, I know someone here that likes to drive because of control. Uh, I won't tell you who. Uh, But I remember when my firstborn uh, arrived, when Ryan was born. um, I remember thinking, this little life, how precious, how innocent this little life is. And it's my job as dad to provide for him. It's my job to take care of my family. Yes, I knew that Ryan was a gift from God, and I knew that God would provide for us, yet I took it in my own power to make sure that God would, in that uh, I worked, and I worked, and I worked to make sure that I was going to provide for my family. Uh, But even to the point that I quit coming to church, I, uh, I even went so far as working two jobs at 13 hours a day, and even most Saturdays. Why? Because I was going to take care of my family. Because I was going to provide for me. that I was going to make sure that God took, kept his promise and provide for my family. Now, is anything wrong with providing your family? No. And God says, if a man shall not work, neither shall he eat. Uh, and and I'm not, I'm not doubting that, but the problem was I was putting the faith in myself and my abilities to take care of my family rather than putting the faith in God to provide for us. We don't, we don't necessarily lie, but we do the same thing that Isaac did. or Jacob did, excuse me. A.W. Tozer said this: "God is looking for people for whom He can do the impossible. What a pity that we plan to do things. Uh, we, we plan only to do the things we can do ourselves. Jacob, uh, This was Jacob's mindset. And if we're honest with ourselves, we do this time and time again. We try to do what we can do to make it through whatever life throws at us. Uh, we even, uh, even when we should lay our problems at the feet of Jesus or at the hand, in the hands of God, we tried to take control. So Jacob was that way. He, he obtained the blessing, and then he was running from the problem. Uh, Jacob's deception angered his brother and upset his father, uh, and instead of changing his ways, Jacob schemed again. He could have confessed. He could have asked for forgiveness but instead he left home under the pretext of finding a wife and he, uh, when he was really just attempting to escape his brother's wrath. I have a big brother. I was never afraid of him. No, I had a big brother, a big brother, and I was always little brother. Uh, and so I can, I can relate to the wrath of a brother. But... This scheme caused uh, Jacob even more problems than he could ever have guessed. In Genesis chapter 27, verses 41 through 45, we see that. And and it says uh, in 41, And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father had blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning of my my father are at hand, uh, and I will slay my brother. Uh, And then the... uh, and these words of Esau, her eldest son, uh, were told uh, re- to Rebecca, and she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said, "Said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau, as touching thee, doth comfort himself, pr- uh, proposing to kill thee. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice; arise and flee unto thy, and, and flee unto thou, uh, to uh, thou to Laban, my brother." Uh, to Haran. And tarry there a few days until thy, uh, thy brother's fury turn away. Until thy brother's anger turn away from thee, and he forget uh, that which thou hast done to, to him, then I will send and fetch thee uh, from thence. Why should I be uh, deprived also of you both in one day? So Jacob left home under this terrible cloud uh, that uh, he was reputed as a man that no one could trust. He was a man that lied to get what he wanted. And Jacob then traveled to Bethel where God repeated to Jacob the, all the aspects of the covenant he had made uh, to his fathers, to Abraham and passed on to Isaac. And there Jacob vowed a vow. Uh, and he said, if God will be with me, and will keep me in this way, then shall the Lord be my God. And we see that in Genesis 28, 20 and 21. And Jacob uh, Jacob then received promises of God, but continued to live as though uh, their fulfillment, fulfillment depended on Jacob's ability and scheming. Sometimes, When faced with problems or troubles, we run away from it. Do we not? When we're faced with difficulties, we, we say, we try to justify in our minds, well, if I'm facing this problem, God must not be in this place, so I'll just move on. We see this a lot with pastors and youth pastors when they're faced with difficulties, who will say, "Well, God, God just isn't here, so I'm going to move to another place." The problem then is, when you run from your problems, you just take them with you. Paul Chapel uh, has said uh, Dr. Paul Chapel has said, uh, "Never make a major decision in your life while going through a trial." Why? Because you'll make. Your decisions based on your emotions and not on trusting God. It may be that God has placed the trial in your life to grow your faith. George Mueller said this about, about trials: God delights to increase the faith of His children, and we ought to. And we ought, instead of wanting uh, no trial before victory, no exercise before patience, uh, to be willing to take them from God's hands, as a means. Excuse me. As a means, I say, and I del- and say deliberately: trials, ob- obstacles, difficulties, and sometimes defeats, are the very food of faith. We should take them out of the hands, as out of His hands, as evidence of His love and care for us, developing us more and more that faith, which is, uh, which He is seeking to strengthen us. Sometimes we say, I don't want the difficulties, I don't want the trials, but it may be those very trials, those very difficulties that God is using to grow our faith. God even reminds Jacob in the middle of his scheming, in the middle of his preparing to run away, that he is still with him, that he he still has the promises for Jacob as he had for his father's. In the middle of his running away, God promises Jacob, and he says, if you'll just grab a hold of these promises, Jacob, things will work out. But even in the midst of those things, he still runs. But God reminds us over and over and over again in the Word of God that in the midst of a storm, he is there with us. Psalms 55, 22 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall... uh, and he shall sustain, uh, sustain thee, and he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. First Peter five seven. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all ye that are that labour and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, Psalm sixty two verse eight. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is, our ref- uh, is a refuge for us, Sidla Time and time again, God promises in his word that he'll be with us through the storm. When Jacob heard that Esau later in Genesis, uh, we fast forward past Laban, uh, there's a whole another section of problems that follow Jacob as he goes to, to Laban's house and he creates more problems for himself even while he's there. Uh, but we fast forward in chapter 32, the beginning uh Chapter of where we started this uh, tonight. Jacob uh, is going home, finally returning home to his homeland, and he goes there and he sends servants before him uh, to Esau. And there he discovers that Esau uh, has is coming with four hundred men. In verse and verse seven in chapter thirty-two. But and Jacob finally is beginning to realize his helplessness. The first, and for the first time, he confesses to God uh, one that he is not worthy of of God's mercies. I see that in verse ten and in verse eleven, he confesses that he is afraid of his brother, and then he asks for he pleads for God's deliverance. Yet. Even then, you would think, even then, in that moment, when he was realizing that his brother is coming with 400 men, even in that moment, when you think he's at rock bottom, he's still scheming. You ever notice that? Sometimes, we even, I've even caught myself saying, sometimes it takes hitting rock bottom before you look up. And you think of a family member, or a loved one, is at the very end of their rope. They're at the very end, and they still won't look up. I still won't look to God. Oh, this is where Jacob is. Afraid for his life, pleading for God's deliverance, and he is still planning, still making schemes to deliver himself. He, he sends, his, uh, sends uh, bribes before him, uh, trying to appease Esau, uh, and then he sends his family over the brook. Uh, but God has a different plan. And the time has come for Jacob to see his need and total dependence upon God. Uh, and as we read in our, our text to start, it shows us the very moment that God, uh, Jacob came face to face with God. And he didn't even realize it. And they began to fight against God. We do this time and time again. We cry cry out to God in anger and despair and and like it's God's fault that we didn't trust Him to begin with. Like it's God's fault that we, we are not where we should be. We cry out saying, why God, why am I in this moment when we have placed ourselves there? Tonight, haven't you had enough? Haven't you had enough of, of trying to make it on your own? Won't you just let go and give it to God? Yeah. Jacob finally realize, uh, relies, uh, realizes his desperate need for God's blessing, and he grabs a hold of God and says, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. I'm not going to let go of you, God. And maybe tonight you're in the midst of a trial You're invited tonight to come to an old-fashioned altar and to grab a hold of God and say, I'm not going to let go, God. I need you, God. I need you completely in total dependence upon you. Maybe that's where you're at tonight. As a way of conclusion, some of you may know that my family is going through a trial right now. My wife's family, her dad, and I won't say much about Dwight other than that he's in the hospital and he's not in his right mind. But through the tests and the scans and even the doctors, they can't figure out what's going on. Why why is he this way? But through it all, he keeps singing songs of praise. Through it all, he keeps quoting scripture. Even out of all of his delirium, he doesn't make sense. Uh, half the time, but he keeps quoting scripture, and he keeps singing songs of praise to God, and he keeps singing this song over and over, over again. And here's the words: I care not what tomorrow, may, uh, today, I care not today what the may bring, if shadows or sunshine or rain, the Lord ruleth over everything, and all of my worries are vain. The tempest may blow, and the storms. The storm clouds arise, obscuring the brightness of life. I'm never alarmed at the overcast skies. The master looks on at the strife. I know that he'll safely carry me through, no matter what evil betides. Why, why should then I care, through the temp, though the tempest may blow, if Jesus is close by my side? Living by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in his great love, from all harm safe in his sheltering arms. Living by faith, and I feel no alarm. No matter what life may throw your way, you can completely and totally depend on God. And maybe tonight, you're in the midst of a storm. Why don't you come? Don't be like the worldly song that says, I walk this lonely road, no one here beside me. I walk alone. Because you're not alone. Why don't you come and grab a hold of God tonight and let Him provide for you. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is such a privilege to share God's Word with you. If God has spoken to your heart because of the message, Stop right now and respond to whatever it is God is asking of you. Don't wait another minute. You can pray right where you're at and ask God for his help. If this message has helped you in any way, we would love to hear from you. Let us know if you have any questions or we can help you with your decision. Jesus asked his disciples, Who do ye say that I am? And he offers the same question to you today. What would your answer be?